Hey guys, welcome again. This is presented by Litify. I'm Bill Biggs, and this is Transforming the Culture of Law. So excited today. We've got some great announcements. Uh, We also have one of the best guests ever. You're going to love this guy. Many of you already know him. Uh, But let me say first, a few weeks ago on one of our podcasts, we we did a giveaway where we said, hey, it's hot outside, summertime is hit. We want to give you guys some uh, some airfare, some free airfare to go and fly someplace cool, get out of the heat and enjoy yourself. And we had a tremendous response to that giveaway. And so I decided to double down. We doubled it instead of just giving away a thousand dollars. We're giving away two thousand dollars worth of airfare. And our two winners, I'm so excited. Both these people are amazing. Uh, Our two winners are Brandon Dawson from a firm out in South Carolina. Brandon is a phenomenal guy, phenomenal lawyer, phenomenal leader, a great culture guy for sure. So, so proud uh, of what he's doing out there in South Carolina. He is getting $1,000 in Delta gift cards. That's not Chick-fil-A. It looks like Chick-fil-A, but it's Delta gift cards and uh, going to wherever he wants to take his beautiful wife. The other winner is Cody Snyder. Uh, Cody Snyder is a leader at Lexitas. Many of you guys know them uh, for medical records collection. The guy is a stud. He's an up-and-coming leader. He totally gets the culture game, and he understands how important it is to love your team and demand high performance. Cody, you too, brother, are getting $1,000 on Delta and uh, going wherever you want to go. Take your beautiful wife. You go. You guys go somewhere fun. So thrilled about that. One more announcement before we get in to our great guest today. Uh, many of you know, and you'll probably see at the bottom of the screen, that for the last several months I've been the – CEO at Jeff Glassman Injury Lawyers in Boston. What a tremendous guy, a tremendous firm. I love all those people there. Um, but something happened in the, in the process of being there. I was doing some consulting and I, I'd been talking a lot to the guys at Pond Hockey's Giordano in Philly. And uh, things just really, really meshed incredibly well. And um, they asked me to come on board and be uh, their chief team and culture officer, which, as you know, I mean, this is transforming the culture of law. Uh, it's just near and dear to my heart. And so I've made the move from Jeff Glassman Injury Lawyers over to uh, Pond Hockey's Giordano, of course, still um, the leadership strategist and culture architect with Vista Consulting. And there's also some other things coming down the pike in the next few weeks that you'll hear about. So uh, I've made that move. Still love the folks at Jeff Glassman. In fact, uh, I turned the big 5-0 uh, just a few days ago, and Jeff sent me a nice note. So I know I, I look 60, but I'm really only 50. Um, Jeff, love you. Appreciate uh, the time spent there and uh, wish the very best for you guys and everything that you're going to accomplish and excited to be a part of the Pond La Hockey Giordano team. Great group of executives. Today, we are going to get into some more culture and some more leadership. That's what this is all about. We want to help you as leaders of your firm Uh, or whatever industry you're in, because I know we have listeners that aren't just in the legal space. We want to help you become empowered, better leaders. We want to help you grow your team. We want to help you love your people really well, uh, earn the right then to demand high performance of them so that you can create championship teams that are extremely successful, take care of clients, increase your profit margins, and make you and your firm better. That's what we're here to do. That's what we're all about. Today, we've got one of the best on the show. Uh, my great friend, Brian Lebovic. Well, I, I call him my friend. He may not admit to that, 
But oh, Brian, I brag about it. I brag. Oh, about no, you, be careful. Be careful. Uh, Brian Lebovic is one of my favorite guys. I mean it. Um, the energy this guy carries, the uh, attitude, the approach he has to culture. When he and I get together from the very first time, and then he came and visited our firm where I was at previously, he um, he has it. He has that thing about him where you can tell this guy is going to do great things and he's going to help people along the way get better and better and better. It's not just about him. It's about his whole team. You get that sense. He radiates that sense. So Brian Lebovic, founder of Lebovic Law Group, welcome, my friend, from Florida. Uh, you're in New York right now, but you, your firm is in Florida. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And I'm, I can't tell you how excited I am to be on the show. But I, I think that it's important your audience know that we met. And the reason that we clicked so well is that I, you probably remember this, that we got drunk and stuffed at the French Laundry at our very oh. first introduction. <laughs> that is so right. It was kind of a good start to the relationship. I barely, like how much better I barely remember that. Yeah, I barely exactly. remember that, Brian. I mean, how often do you get to uh, drink lots and lots of red wine at the French Laundry in Napa? With a bunch of people. Like, it was a bunch of people. I think Chad a Dudley bunch of people was there. And, and, like, yeah, I was about I, to say, I think Chad Dudley there. paid the bill, didn't he? That's what I made think it the best. I think, I think Chad bought it. <laughs> Anytime I can get so. Chad to pay a bill, you know. Like, or maybe Jurowitz. Jurowitz may have maybe, maybe, he, maybe. I think I maybe always you're right. Like, I think Ross might have. Ross, I always like to make you pay for the bill. You know that. So it's such so. a small community. You mentioned three lawyers nationally. Like, those are three big, four big law firms that you mentioned. Right to start off with, I thought, okay, so here's this group of law firms, Brandon Dawson. Like, how many people know Brandon Dawson? I know Brandon Dawson. I know all the guys in that firm. They are an amazing firm. You're right. Young bucks that are coming up. They got great attitude, great culture. Mm -hmm. They just got into it. I love that youth energy, you know? Yep. And then you mentioned Jeff, which I've been friends with Jeff for a lot of years up in Boston. I think he's a great guy. And then, of course, my favorite people, like I am so in love with the Ponsley Hawk group. I you know, talk to Tom, you know, all the time about how to, he taught me everything I needed to know about how to run an SSD firm. Sam oh, taught wow. me a lot about leadership. I mean, everybody there is just incredible. Sean is, is second to none when it comes to thinking through future developments and vision of a firm. He's a, he's a process, he's a process, yeah, process guy. He and they're understands. so helpful and yeah. so giving and just amazing people that you're, that you're, your circle of people is incredible. Well, you know, it's something. Thank you for that, Brian. But I'm blessed to know all these people. But it's something interesting, like we have this podcast to help people, and so I, I, I want to do that. I want to get into some meat with you and and help people. But we talk about all these, and you and I are now just kind of being buddies on the show. We're talking about where we've been, how we met, all these people we know. But I want to make this relevant to all of our listeners. All these names sure. that we've mentioned, right? Call these people, I'm sure, and tell them, tell them Brian sent you. Don't tell them I sent you. They won't give you an invitation to come in. Tell them Brian Lebovic sent you. <laughs> um, here's the relevance for our listeners. Go visit these firms. That You learn so much when you go and visit a firm, uh, the firms that are doing it right. And we're, we're fortunate to be in a tribe of a lot of people who are doing it really well. And even if they're not always doing it well because we all struggle, they're trying to get better. They're learning. And there's, there's a lot of shared learning. So go out into these firms, call these people up, tell them you heard about uh, them on the podcast. You, you may already know them and go visit, right? Spend the time, invest the money, go out. They'll welcome you with open arms. My beginning in the industry, I went and visited firms. Uh, when I was at Daniel Stark, I had tons of people come and visit us, right? It's, it's, it's a shared learning opportunity and it's great. And you got to go visit. Brian Lebovic. Brian Lebovic. You got to go see what this guy's doing. 
All right, Brian, can we jump into questions? You ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. All right. So, um, you know, we're talking about culture. Obviously, you have clearly invested a great deal of time and energy and resource into the culture aspect of your firm. And I, I think for some people that is, they don't even really understand what that means. Like I, you spend a lot of time on it. You invest a lot of energy. You, you spend money on it. Tell us why and tell us some of the things that you've done and, and why you say, you know what, this thing called culture and leadership development, I'm going to invest into my people. We're not just going to talk about practicing law. We're not just going to talk about making money. We're going to invest time in learning what culture is all about. Yeah, it's a great question. And I, and I spend a lot of time thinking about that exact concept because everybody talks culture eats everything strategy and culture is the most important thing. And, and then we say, well, what's culture, right? Like what is culture? And the problem is that culture is everything. Like everything is culture, right? That's number one. And then singularly what I have learned, at least in my industry, when you start something, culture is all about the, the leader. Like eventually everything, you know, all, all bad stuff flows uphill to the leadership of the firm. And when you are the singular leader of a firm and then you create leadership models below you, that cultural aspect of your firm, which means everything that comes from it comes from you, right? And I realized that my organization for 20 years, like I'm older than you. So now I've been into this more than 30 years. And for 20 years of that cultural piece, more, probably 25 years of that cultural piece, it was very healthy for a short period of time because it was small and my personality could could work in that environment. And when this entrepreneurial style of running a firm became overwhelmed, we went into a really bad cultural like moment, right? And there's some financial things that go into that as well. So I believe that from zero to $1 million, maybe one and a half million dollars, you can run a firm on low levels of investment and a lot of things because it's personality driven and energy driven and human being like one or two people driven. Once you hit that million and a half, $2 million mark and you get like more than one person in the door and you start growing from like two to five or six, like all of a sudden you're in this no man land where it's hard to keep culture and it's hard to keep communications and you don't even know what you're doing. And unless you're really well built from the beginning, that that no man's land can you can struggle through that. Right. And then once you get above a certain place, if you get above that moment, five million, seven million, whatever that moment is with you and your firm and you understand your role as the leader and how you need to utilize that role and disperse leadership into a lower level team so that they can keep the culture of the firm moving forward, then you really have a great opportunity to like bolt forward all of a sudden. So with me, I'm speaking personality wise, right? Like what I went through, but the concept was who is Brian Lebovic? What has he brought to the table? And when we stalled, when we had a problem, right? Where did that come from? And what I learned is it all came from me. Like everything came from me and I can go through all the bad negative things that I do. I can do the, have you ever read the book, the book multipliers? So oh. this great book multipliers, which is spectacular, right? Thank you for that plug, Brian Lebovic, my favorite book. I am, I am the king of accidental diminisher. Like uh, yeah. I am so like, tell everybody I'm, what a diminisher is. So a diminisher is depends on whether you're a real diminisher or whether you're an accidental diminisher, but 
if you're a diminisher, then you're just a jerk of a human being and you want all the glory and you want to put people down and you're one of these narcissistic, crazy people that can't build an organization, right? Because yep. every organization under you fails under the weight of your own ego and, and your own need to be the, the, well the grandiose person, right? Accidental diminishers are people that do all of these things that they think are helping that are undermining your team. And they come from a number of problems. They come from your own ego. They come from your lack of trust. They come from your need to win. They come from your desire to help sometimes and, and just go out there. But, um, but really for me, it was that the coach wanted to play ball, right? Like I wanted to play and it's very hard to lead an organization after it gets to a certain size and also play ball and be the lawyer. So I wanted to, you know, like coach the team and be the quarterback, catch the ball, and run in for the touchdown. I wanted to do all of that, and you can't do that because you're going to diminish everybody around you. Those so were what's three culture? minutes. The, the question is, what's culture? It's everything. you got everything. to you got to do everything right, right? Yeah. So I, I, it's all of I that. Just spoke, just, Brian, for those listening, go back and rewind and listen to the last four minutes because that's pure gold. Everything the man just said is pure gold. It's absolutely true. I, I just spoke at the Sanford Law Firm. Um, great awesome guys. people, by the way. Yeah, I know those great guys. Stuff, great oh. stuff going on there in Little Rock, and uh, that was that was my talk. They wanted me to do the Bill Biggs culture talk, right? And that's what it's up. Culture is every. It's not breakfast tacos on Friday. It's not giving people a, a pat on a back on the back. Culture is everything. It's what you believe. It's what you're passionate about. It's the 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 standard of service you're going to give to your clients. It's how you treat your people. Culture literally is everything and it's undergirded and it's foundationally built by your values by your value system and i, I love what you said i'm in full agreement uh i geek out to reading about this stuff and all that but i've come to believe the same thing brian culture is a person culture is the leader and whoever the leader is and their force of personality they're going to exude a culture and if it's not a good culture it's going to affect the whole you know organization and if so you want it to be an excellent culture in your organization, it's got to be by design. It, it, it yeah. doesn't happen accidentally. You may get lucky for a while, but if you want to have absolute excellent culture, you've got to design it. So, so much good stuff in what you said. Um, yeah, really love it. All right. Everybody can tell you like you, you even raised the energy of me, which is hard to do. Uh, you're like a, well, you know, a drug. I won't say anything more than that. Right. So um, you have tremendous energy, Brian. Tell me about what you think energy, what role energy plays in being a leader. It's it's like everything else. You know, it has a, it has everything is good. Like oxygen is good unless you got too much water is good unless you drown. So energy is really good unless you don't know how to control that energy. And then you can overwhelm people with the energy. So at a really good level, we have gone through periods in my firm where we've suffered financially because the ups and downs of the PI world and the economy, especially back in like that 2009, 10, 11 time period, were really hard. We went through some really hard moments there. And I have a very positive outlook on life. I'm very lucky, blessed that the room, the, the glass is never half full for me. The glass is always full. Even in my worst of times, like the glass may be a little less than full, but like, that's a bad day for me if I'm like three quarters, you know, but most of the time it's overflowing when I'm normal. It's right at the top of the glass. And sometimes in a bad day, it's three quarters, very seldom. So that type of positivity, upbeat attitude, 
optimism, planning, always planning forward, always thinking, where's the opportunity? What can we do next? That helps in, in hard uh, times. Huge. It can drive people crazy and it can right. take them off base and it can create a lot of distraction and diminish people because then people feel like the three o'clock in the morning emails, because I don't sleep, are, you know, drive them nuts. And that's not fair. Right. So there's a balance to everything, you know. Well, and, and, and what you said there, I love your energy and, and I, I share uh, your thoughts there. I share your same value system as it pertains and beliefs about energy. But I think a key there, right, is self-awareness of the impact your energy has on others. Right? And, and that you can kind of once you realize, OK, this particular person, they're a, a plus team member. But sometimes my energy is a little overbearing. Sometimes it can be too much. And I, if I'm going to love them well, then I need to know that. I need to be self-aware and know that, yeah, I can be who I am. But in this instance, you know, I'll pull back a little bit because I know uh, it serves them well in that context. Love and it. you got to um, give people the ability to tell you, right? Like people right. are safe in my organization saying, Brian, you're being like the squirrel thing is driving me nuts. Leave me alone. Like yeah. they can say that to me and I'm not going to take offense. So I know my limitations. Incredible. I've made it very clear, which is vulnerability on the part of the leader. And when you can be vulnerable as a leader and confident, because if you're vulnerable, you're confident. Like I'm the leader of my organization. I don't mind if my people tell me things. They're not taking me out of my role, right? Right. Recently, <laughs> you and I yeah. have gone through this talk with me. So you've helped me talk through this. I am no longer the CEO of my law firm. This is a new development. In my first quarterly strategic this year, my team came to me and said, you are not meeting the mission of a CEO for us, like your behavior patterns, your work style, your organization, the things you want to do are creating more drag than they're worth. We want you to replace, we want to replace you with somebody else on the team. That's a, not an easy thing wow. for a leadership thing to tell the guy who founded the, the firm 30 years ago, right? Who's writing the, who's signing the checks. Who yeah. signs everybody's check, right? Like, yeah. So I thought that was amazing. So I didn't think that it, it was terrible. Amazing. I thought it was amazing. And they knew, like everybody knew who they wanted it to be. Like everybody knew that this one particular person, her name is Elizabeth Seaman. She's an amazing manager, yeah. an amazing leader. She's built the best SSD team, probably one of the best in the country. And you can ask Tom Giordano, who runs an amazing, or did run before he became marketing chief for them. But, you know, like Tom will tell you, Elizabeth is sharp as a tack, you know, yeah. and I'm lucky. And she took over as CEO. And since that time, I don't know if you guys do EOS or anything like that, but we're running Similar. EOS meetings. So we do level 10 meetings. Mm -hmm. My average score on a, on a level 10 meeting was like a 7.2. I think Elizabeth <laughs> is averaging like a 9.8. I mean, like everybody's <laughs> so much happier when they're doing the meetings. It's unbelievable. So well, here's the thing. Well, but here's, and, and look, you're right. And that that's fantastic. And she's going to be an absolutely stellar CEO uh, leader in your firm. But look, your self-awareness and your willingness to be vulnerable is what builds the trust for your team who is trying to see the firm win, right? Your team wants, you've got the right people, you've got good people. They're not saying that to knock you down. They're saying that to help your firm be the best. Mm -hmm. But it takes a lot to be able to hear that. It takes a lot to be able to take that type of critical feedback from your team. But that that's a tribute, another tribute to you because not every firm leader, not every firm owner can hear that type of feedback and not overly internalize it and then fire everybody in the room or, you know, go, go silent on them and passive aggressive, you know, the, all the, all the negative things we do when we get our feelings hurt, when we get upset, 
But if you care about your firm, if the end goal is to make this thing great, then you become self-aware. You, you realize the value of bringing people into your circle who you trust, but who will be honest with you and tell you because they really care about you and the outcome of the whole thing. Yeah. When you've got that, man, you, you, you've got the winning formula. You know, there was something um, these you said are earlier. I just wanted to mention this. There was something yeah. you said earlier that the whole like it's not the Friday night, Friday morning breakfast. It's not this. It's not that. It isn't that singularly like you can't buy your people into good culture, but you can yeah. ritualize them with good culture. Right. So you can 100%. create things that are important for you and your firm, no matter what they are, and ritualize them. And by doing yeah. that, you ritualize a core value of what you believe in and you push that. Right. And you make sure that that's the focus is always value driven behavior. And if one of your values is that you care for your people, then that's something that will be transmitted to everybody down the line with rituals Absolutely. that you do. Yeah. And, and you almost have to have that because if, it, if it's just by chance, you can say all day, I love my team. But if it's never manifested in behaviors, especially right. consistent behavior, I mean, every single time I get off the phone with my wife or my two sons, every call ends with, Hey, I love you. Right. Every time that, that is our ritual. And you know, I know a lot of people do that, but it's, and it, because it reinforces, right. It reinforces the message. You got to manifest what you believe to your team or it's just words, you know, and yep. that that's, that's not enough. Look, we're talking about a lot of really good things. The great things that are going on in your culture and your, your value system and what you believe and how you've uh, put it together and manifested it. But what have been some of the challenges, right? What have been, you mentioned some, uh, a few of them, force of personality kind of, you, 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 you grew, but you hit a wall. You hit that wall because you couldn't do it all. You couldn't be the thing that drives the whole deal by force of personality. Uh, that's, that's a huge issue in firms across the country. It's a great lesson for, for young uh, firm leaders and owners but what are some other challenges that you faced along the way, specifically challenges related to having a great culture in your firm? All right. So specifically with regard to that, I'll, I'll get there. But I just want to say this because I think they dovetail into each other. One of the things that I thought was a very hard challenge in my firm was money, was keeping up with the money and understanding how to stay profitable, put money in my pocket, make sure I can make payroll, the pressure of making enough money to run a firm. I believed at one point that that was a problem and that that was a pressure point that I basically allowed to control my decision making and make bad decisions that hurt our culture, right? So, and I think that lots and lots of people have this out there. So this is important. You need to be able to articulate and understand who you want on your team, right? And you need to understand what you're willing to tolerate behavior-wise on your team. And when people step out of that circle of being able to tolerate and you can't coach them back in, then you need to let them go. And you can't worry about the money because the person, guy or girl, who's running that division of your firm that's making three and a half million dollars with four people is super hard to let go. <laughs> even yep. though she may be driving you into the ground emotionally, right? She's driving everybody into the ground and it's really problematic. And I've lived long enough in this and had enough instances to realize that the money gets better when you get rid of the problem, regardless of how good the money is with the problem. 
and people don't believe that. You don't feel it in your heart. It's hard to believe. It's hard. It's hard to do, right? Yeah. But that's the hardest thing that I've had. That that has been the hardest lesson. I have had so many bad, awful human beings who have come in and out of my firm. Not because some of them were bad, awful human beings. Some of them just didn't fit. Some of them right. were just sure. not great. But I've had some bad people. I have two people in particular in my head that were just really not good people. And for the money, for whatever it was, we let them stay too long. And that was hugely problematic. And that was bad on my part. Bad leadership, bad culture, put us in the wrong direction, toleration of that. And honestly, what you're saying to your team when you do that is that this person is more important to me than everything else That's right. in the firm. That's, that's what right. you're saying. Is it really, if that's what it comes down to, you can't let that happen. And we stopped doing that. And that has been a rocket ship of, of good things in the firm. That's huge. Pure gold. Uh, a couple of things you said there that, that I want to touch on. The last thing you just said is so critical. Look, it, you said, but that was me. I was a bad leader in that moment. I, I wasn't doing what was, what was best. It was a hard decision. It was hard to do. One of my mantras, right? Every problem is a leadership problem. So you could just blame those people and you acknowledge like those people were bad people. They, they, yeah, some were not a good fit, but there were some people, they were just bad apples and they were influencing. They were causing the whole barrel to start to rot, right? Because they had, they were, they were a disease, right? In the firm. But we as leaders have to say, but you know what? It's my firm or I'm responsible. I have to take responsibility for when something unhealthy is happening. I have to swallow the, the bitter pill, take it and then say, all right, I'm going to do something about it. Because blame, the blame game will never get us anywhere. You have to properly analyze. But once you properly analyze and you're aware of the situation, you have to act on it in the best interest of your firm, the best interest of your clients and your people. That's huge okay. stuff. The other thing that you said, and, and I know you know this, uh, every, nothing new under the sun. We're all learning from each other. Everything you just talked about in that particular challenge, that's Simon Sinek. And he, he I, I do this matrix as well, the A, B, C, D players, right? The A players are the ones on a culture and performance matrix, right? On one side, we got culture axis. And the other side, we have performance, right? The A players are the ones that do both great. You love them. They're great for your culture and they also produce. The B players are the ones that, yeah, they, they're, they're great uh, with uh, performance. They're, well, they're good with performance, but their culture is stellar. So they're an A player in, in culture, but their performance is about a B, right? Those are kind of your B players. And you say, well, let's see if we can grow their performance. Those people you can build with. The hardest ones to let go. The cancers in the firm are the C players, the ones that are high performers that make you a lot of money. But behind the scenes, they're tearing people down. And behind, and it's just obvious they're a culture negative and they're so hard to get rid of because they're making you money. That, and, but here's the thing. I think I've learned this. I bet you've learned it. I know guys and gals across the industry that have said the reality is it's a myth deep down. I mean, when it's all said and done in the wash three years later, it was a myth that they were even high performing when it comes to money because unknowingly you don't realize they're bringing down the performance of other people. Yep. And so, yeah, they individually may be doing a lot. Maybe they're settling on a lot of cases. They're getting a lot of fees, whatever. But you don't realize that they're literally bringing down the other areas of the firm performance-wise 
So the net gain is fantastic, not just in culture, but also in the bottom line when you move those people on. So it's unbelievable. Uh, it's unbelievable what your team will do for you when you get rid of a high-performing culture vampire. That's right. A absolutely. All right, Brian. Um, what role and how important has leadership development played in the growth of your firm? Meaning you investing time, energy, resources in growing, identifying and growing leaders. What, was, what, what has that done for the firm? It's been the difference between a three and a half to four and a half million dollar firm and a 15 million dollar firm. And that is 100 percent on growth of teammates that I can count on on my leadership team so that they can grow their practice areas and we can grow together. And the ability for me to take the concepts that we had of what we wanted in the firm. So we went through, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what happened. And and I think that then you'll see how this growth worked. Back in 2016, we would have an annual event every year. I did this for years and years, 15, 20 years. We would do an annual event. We'd do a planning event and a strategy event. What did we want to do in the next year? Get everybody in the firm to participate. We would have a, an outside person come in and run it. And we thought this was great culture. Like everybody was on the same page to attack the next year, right? And that's what we did every year. And I, and I hired a company to do that for us. And they did it for two or three years in a row. And then I called them on the fourth year and they said, no, we don't want to do it for you anymore. We're out. I was like, well, why not? And they were like, well, I don't know if you noticed, but you're kind of staying still and this is a waste of our time and you're paying us to do it, but we don't want to take your money and not have any effect. And I'm like, well, what do you suggest? And they said, well, for you to get better, Brian, you need to look at your behavior and how you're running the firm. And you're going to have to be really introspective and take some counseling and change. And then you need to develop your leadership team so that they can grow your firm for you. So you need to get out of the kitchen and let some chefs run the kitchen because you can't do everything. And that was like the first person to smack me in the head and say, you are not going to be able to do everything and grow. You can stay a four or $5 million firm. And if you're happy there, then enjoy because you can live in your own fiefdom, right? But if you yep. really have the dream of growing a business into something that is significant and that will outlast you, then you're going to have to change. And I said, all right, wow. let's do it. So we went into what my wife likes to term business therapy. So we would mm -hmm. do these, you know, like, you know, like uh, consultant led leadership team meetings. And they turned us on to a lot of different systems this play to win system. We learned the EOS system. I read scaling mm -hmm. up. I think I've read a Harvard education worth of books, like probably $250,000 in books that I purchased in business <laughs> just to learn how to do this stuff, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so we, we ran these with a consultant educational kind of like getting together therapy sessions. And so as, and let me tell you, when we started it, this is true. We didn't even like to have lunch with each other. Like my leadership yeah. team and I, some people there didn't even like to have lunch with the other people. Right. We wow. just we didn't know each other. We didn't trust each other. We didn't really even like each other. We just worked together because we were all hired at different times and we all just worked in the same building on different stuff, siloed and working, you know, on our own. And we went through this process and a team formed and there were some people that didn't make it, you know, like we had some people that didn't fit. And so we replaced them. And the people we replaced them with were amazing because we started an interview process where we all interviewed and we all made sure that, and we already, we all agreed at that time. We went back. So I had like 11 
core values at the time. And we threw them all out. We threw out who we were. We threw out our mission. We threw out our vision. And then people turned to me and they said, what do you want to be? And so I, as the leader, had to come with the plan, with the vision, with where we were headed, right? So one person has to have the dream. There's a visionary and there's a dream. And I finally was able to articulate that in a way that we talked it through, that people saw it, they understood it. And so I wrote it down and you can see my, vi- I have a vivid vision written like a Cameron Herald vivid vision. Read that yeah. if anybody hasn't. Um, and that being able to see that and me being able to talk in three years is what I want us to be. In five years, this is what we're going to be. In 10 years, this is where we're going to be, right? And we created our, our vision, being warriors for justice, our mission to maximize justice by aggressively fighting for our clients' rights, and our core values, fight to win, passion to serve, relentless innovation, and own it. Four things. Everybody in my firm can, can describe it. Love, love, love. Behaviors to it. So it's not just saying a bunch of pretty words. It's behavioral. You have to be able to core value your business and attach it to very specific behaviors and talk them out, talk out hypothetical scenarios, talk with your team about how they're going to behave in certain situations. And when you do that, you can turn your back away from the organization and it will continue to run in a positive fashion. Just like when, if you go to a a high-end restaurant and they're really efficient working staff in that restaurant, like, like the French Laundry, if somebody breaks a dish, if somebody spills something, if something doesn't come out right, right, they know what they can do to make that situation better and deliver better performance because of it. And you want your team to react that way to every situation. That's right. That's such good stuff. Ryan, um, man, you have been pure gold. We're we're winding down with time-wise. I was Sorry, try, I didn't I want, too much of that. No, 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 no. This is great. I But I love giving our, our listeners, all six of them, we're up to six listeners now, uh, I, I love giving them, you know, some power packed goodness. And man, you have given power packed goodness today. Um, two more real quick questions. The first one, what's the future for the firm? Like what, what, what do you see happening with Lebovit? So our, our vision is to become a more of a national powerhouse. We opened an office in Miami two weeks ago. We opened an office in Boston a month and a half ago. Uh, we're looking at growing those locations. And then it, within two to three years, we probably will be in four or five other states. We've got some locations picked out. Um, so we're growing very rapidly. We've got some great um, attachments. We just recently became the University of Miami official law firm of the University of Miami. So that's nice. kind of a big, fun, new thing for us. And we plan on utilizing that co-branding with them. Uh, so yeah, things are, are really wonderful. The team is really on it and we're enjoying, you know, rapid, rapid growth. Man, so thrilled for you. Uh, None of that surprised me, surprises me in the least and thrilled for you, your team and all the clients that you're going to serve. Real quick, before I ask you this last question, I want to make one more announcement uh, that's huge uh, for everyone. We are doing our second annual. I did this two years ago and we had COVID. Um, coming up in November, November 17th and 18th, I'll be hosting with Vista Consulting the second annual Law Firm Leadership Summit. This gathering will be two power pack days of nothing but this stuff, the stuff we were just talking about here, culture, leadership. If you want to help your people, your leaders, your executive team, your mid-level leaders, you yourself as a firm owner, managing partners, uh, attorney leads, managing attorneys. If you want your people to get a compact 
full dose of leadership, training, and vision and insight, come to this conference November 17th and 18th. You're about to start seeing the promo. The reason I'm saying it here is because Brian Lebovic is going to be there. He's going to be one of our speakers. He's going to be talking about some of this stuff in depth. He's going to be there available for you to talk to. And uh, one of our keynotes, we've got a few big names that we'll announce over time in the next few weeks, but Liz Wiseman is going to be there. She's the author of Multipliers that Brian referenced. It is one of my top five leadership books. I believe the fundamental truths in that book uh, are absolutely necessary for any leader. This is you know, just core stuff that you have to embrace if you want to be successful. Liz Wiseman is an absolute powerhouse uh, home run hitter. We are very fortunate that she's going to be there. So November 17th and 18th, Waldorf Astoria in Las Vegas. Uh, Vista's about to start sending out a lot of Provo, uh, promo, promo, and we're going to have Brian Lebovic speak. And uh, he's also, um, he will be growing out his hair for all Can't of wait. us. Wait, I'll have an exactly. afro by the time we yeah, get there. Yeah, I'll have an afro. You don't want to miss that. That that costs extra to get to see that, though. Uh, all right, last question, Brian. Um, I like to do this with all of our guests. You've done this now for what you said, thirty years. Yeah. And you've you've had ups and downs. You've grown a ton, both personally and your firm, right? If you could go back and and think about a few pieces of wisdom that you would give either young leaders leaders in young firms that are just growing doesn't have to be chronologically a young leader, but you know, a firm that's, that's on the, on the front end or people that are stuck, right? What wisdom would you give? What, what are, what are some of the most important things that you would say? So if, if I could have known this from the beginning, because I needed a system and a language to be able to know who I wanted to play with. And Pat Lencioni came up with that in ideal team player there's a book called Ideal Team Player by Pat Lencioni. Um, mm-hmm. And I read that book and it it like opened up my eyes to being able to articulate the people I want to play ball with and how I can address people and figure out should they be on my team or shouldn't they be on my team. And, uh, and that's Hungry, Smart and Humble, right? This HHS system. And that to me was singularly the thing that would have been able to teach me to exclude all of those bad people from the beginning. So don't let money keep a culture vampire on your team and learn how to talk about it, how to address it so that everybody knows the standards of of cultural behavior they need to stick with. I love that system, hungry, smart, and humble. You need to be hungry to do your job. If you're not, you shouldn't be playing ball with us because we need people that are looking to do a great job, right? You need to be smart, not just intelligent smart, because that's a minimum requirement to do the job. You need to be people smart. You need yeah, to understand emotional intelligence. around yeah. you, emotional intelligence, because when you do that, you're a good teammate, right? You understand people. And the, the last thing is humble. The most important thing is humble, because people that aren't humble, they, they listen to what you say, and it bounces out of their ear, never gets into their brain, and all they're waiting for is time to talk. And then they don't get anywhere with you. They constantly fight you. They fight you on culture because they know better. They pretend to be on your board and then they know better. They undermine people on the team because they know better. They don't really care about anybody else because they know better. So keep all these unhumble human beings off your team. Had I done that, oh my gosh. I mean, like, it just would have been so much better. Wow. By the Incredible. way, I'm so excited. You didn't tell me Liz was coming to your 
your thing. And <laughs> I didn't, when I oh, talked yeah. to you about getting good advice at the beginning, Tim and Vista were part of the people that helped coach me. Oh, yeah. So no just doubt. to plug Tim and Vista. Absolutely. Tim's one of the best in the business, that whole team. All right, Brian Lobovic, thank you so much, brother. I love you. I appreciate you. I love what you're wonderful. doing. Uh, and I can't wait to see you the next time. Hopefully it will be before uh, the Law Firm Leadership Summit. Um, I want to come see you, see what you're doing. But, man, thank you for being on our podcast today, Transforming the Culture of Law. Appreciate I it. I postponed going to India for this. Wow. Honest. Well, I'm so excited about coming I mean, to this hop thing. on. Yeah. Oh, oh, you mean the summit? The, the summit. summit. The summit. Yeah, Not now. Like, no, 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 <laughs> no. the summit. We're going to leave on the 20th. Oh, my gosh. Instead of the night. We were going to leave on Dude. the 18th, but we're going to stay. Dude, thank you so much. That, that's because I love you and I know it's important. <laughs> well, I love you too. Uh, appreciate it. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. Never miss an episode, especially not this one. Listen to it over and over and over again. Subscribe to The Culture of Law on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at litify.com backslash culture of law. We'll see you again soon. Have a great day and go change some lives.